Hey, Randy, what you doing? Oh, hey, Dave. I'm just making a list of things that make me feel really, really good. Wearing Bombas socks. Trust me, that's number one on my list. Bombas socks feel so good because we use the smartest design and best materials, making them the most comfortable socks ever. Plus, because socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters, we donate a pair for every pair purchased, and that feels pretty good, too. To shop Bombas or learn more about how your purchase supports those experiencing homelessness, go to bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. Load up on guns and bring your friends. It's fine to lose and to pretend she's overboard and self assured. Oh no. Welcome to the Not Watching Podcast. My name's Rob Howard and today I'm joined by... Marcus Hurley. This isn't going to be a massively long one, but uh, the cinema's back, back, back. And uh, with it, the the actual release of uh, Marvel's Black Widow movie, which, aside from probably being a bit late, generally, was also very late. Um... (laughs) Considering we all know what happened to uh, yeah. Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, uh, in Avengers Endgame, sadly. But then I um, suppose, actually, I mean, I, I said that cynically as well, and just taking a moment, a thought has popped into my head. The Solo movie came out after The Force Awakens, didn't it? Uh, yeah. So, in a sense, it's kind of the same thing then. I never thought about that until this very moment. Only not as cool um, a character. No, I hadn't either, really. Uh, you're quite right. Um, no, no. Let's go was... back to let's go back to my previous thought. Yeah, a bit late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might. I don't know. Like, if it was, uh, I don't really know because with Star Wars, you're talking about legacy characters, and I think yeah. I think that thing was like part of the deal to get Kazdan to write. The Force Awakens. That was one of mm. his conditions. Yeah, okay. um, weirdly. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so Black Widow. Um, it, it sort of takes place directly after Civil War in the timeline. Um, and sort of just explains a bit more about her and her backstory. Okay. The biggest criticism that's been levelled at this movie, which I, I can sort of understand, is, is the fact that there's lots of very dodgy Russian accents. <laughs> Um, which, you know, I don't mind because I, I just get my head around it. I, I, you know, I, I can do the, uh, I can do the leap, you know, uh, of like that's that they're really talking Russian or whatever. See, and that, it's just that's like, the problem though. When people say, it's like when people say a dodgy, there's loads of dodgy English accents and loads of dodgy Scottish accents. I've heard a lot of genuine English people sounding like a lot of people I've heard on TV and film. So mm. <laughs> isn't that a bit subjective? Unless we're talking like proper 80s, really heavily vodka soaked excuse the uh the description um accents you know where just anyone turns up and you go you know i will cross you <laughs> you know the sort of yeah i think it's, i think it's particularly uh just ray winstone's kind of oh god is he cock- lack of cock- ability cock- to do accents is he like you yeah. like, kgb <laughs> i'm kgb you mug yeah you mug fucking shut it you cunt yeah Ski. Um, yeah it's kind of like that yeah. um, 
but yeah, uh, yeah, there's, there's, um, yeah, it's not bad. You know, it's not the best uh, Marvel movie, I'd say, but is, is definitely, it, you know. I got the feeling from it watching. that it'll be a, a, a pretty decent action film. Like, if you're just sort of like, you know, a, a good, almost like one of those films where there's a mission, they do it, and it's kind of done. Almost a bit like when you see the Howling Commandos and stuff take on the train and like Solo, that kind of thing, where there's just like, it's something to do and they get on with it. And it, it's not outright shit. It's not blow your pants off amazing, but it, it just does what it does quite well with a couple of cool bits in. This is the vibe I'm feeling from it. Um, having yeah, not seen I mean, it there's yet. some good choreography in it, um, as you'd expect. Um I, I wouldn't say there's some any really memorable set pieces, but it does kind of go fairly apeshit at the end. Um, and there's some good twists and turns. Um, and, um, yeah, there's some good characters. David Harbour is quite good as the uh, the Red Champion, I think he's called. Um, okay. And Florence Pugh, in particular, actually, uh, looks like she's probably going to be picking up the mantle from uh, Scarlett Johansson going forwards. Which is kind of probably the idea of the film then, I guess. Yeah. I I I think it's setting up some things for sure. There's a there's a post credit sequence that I won't spoil, but um, that kind of links off of um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier a little bit. So yeah, okay. But it's weird because um, that this film was supposed to come out before that show, <laughs> so oh, I don't okay. know if there's some retconning involved or something, but. It works. Hmm. For, for me, it worked anyway. They do their best to chuck tie in another <laughs> like, few characters. And melt Captain America's shield and, and Sam's wings and Bucky's <laughs> shot in the face. And you're like, oh, uh, what do we do now about these characters in this show? That's come it's up before. It's a bit more <laughs> subtle than that. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, there are some other characters they managed to rope in. William Hurt is in there as Secretary oh, Ross. Nice. He pops up. I um, like that they're keeping that character alive. Because it, it means the Hulk world. Even if we never get uh, an, another movie again, unless it, actually he's going to be in She Hulk, isn't he? Um, yeah, I but think it's so. the whole idea. I like the fact that they're keeping that world alive. Thunderbolt Ross, you know, and oh and, for sure, and the Hulkbusters and all that sort of stuff. Because it still it gives the idea that this can still kind of happen in a weird way, you know. The fact that you, the fact that I think in the She Hulk series you've got. Um, what's his name coming back as Blunsky? Uh, what's his name? God, he was in Lie to Me. Timothy Small? No, not Timothy Small. Oh, Tim Roth. Tim Roth, that's it. Um, yeah, you've got him coming back as Abomination. Um, or that character, I'm not sure if it's before or after. So I'm just thinking like, well, they're kind of tying the Universal film to it and scraping out all of the shit that was in that film and kind of just taking, well this was part of our universe, this was part of our universe, we want to keep Thunderbolt Ross, and we want to keep this and that. Maybe Liv Tyler will turn up again as Betty Ross at some point in the cameo. Um, and that'll be quite cool, I'm quite happy with that, because... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, because I think Banner's going to be in that as well, isn't he? In a small capacity. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've read that I, I like the fact that they, 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 they're trying to make it work by taking everything out, and replacing obviously the Norton character with the Hulk we all know now who 
also doesn't want to be Hulk. <laughs> it seems to be like it's like the curse. Never mind the curse of Superman. It's like the curse of Hulk now, isn't it? It's a new age we're in. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, but I won't go on about Black Widow any further because you haven't seen it yet, and uh, we'll have a more of a discussion about yeah. it probably in the broader context of the MCU, which now seems to be back online and coming out at cinemas this year. Um, but speaking of massive film universes, there is one other film that I have seen since I was last on here uh, at the cinema, and that was Fast and Furious 9, um, <laughs> yes. which I also won't go on about too much because there's not really much to say, really. They, they did there's, the meme. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they went to places no fast film has been before but was always destined to sort of inspired by uh, elon musk shall we say yeah let's just say <laughs> that yeah you know cars in space uh <laughs> it's in the trailer fuck it um <laughs> but yeah I, I didn't think it was too bad they they somehow have managed to bring back uh han uh which is miraculous oh, wow. considering that jason statham killed so him. killed him and he died uh, he died like once then died retconned by Statham and now he's back yeah. again like... something like that um, and because um, it seems that Vin Diesel and The Rock have fallen out he's just got gone and got another wrestler instead John Cena well, he's in there to, to be honest apparently the whole rivalry between them was I think it was in the last two films or maybe even the last one because there's this whole thing I never noticed when I watched it maybe because I, it's a car movie and you're not really caring that much but apparently there's a couple of scenes whenever they're in each scene they have to make one of them look bigger than the other I I think it's mostly um, Vin Diesel's issue that he's short no it was it was no it was it was it was both of them Rock called him uh, Dwayne called him lazy and Vin Diesel said that the Rock was just a uh, uh, egotistical and stuff like that and they're just both at each other's throats to the point where whenever they were on screen with each other the shots are almost like a crazy perspective one person right. has to be like really giant to the other and the number of people they they beat in each scene was upped so it's like oh how many people did The Rock beat I want to beat 20 people and then how many people did Vin Diesel <laughs> beat I want to beat 30 people so that's why sometimes it got a bit ridiculous with the number of bodies they were throwing around um which doesn't the term, impact on the, the magical story of it whatsoever, but <laughs> no, which is getting absolutely absurd at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think the term candy ass was involved, um, <laughs> and uh, and I think now they're just kind of the the way they've resolved it is to give the Rock his like own little spin off franchise. Yeah, sure, and, uh, yeah, and so I don't think he'll be. I, I think he was literally quoted because they were doing press for that Jungle Cruise movie. And he, he was quoted as saying pretty much like, I won't be in this fran the main franchise as long as Diesel's in it. But yeah. I'm sure the studio will in be happy to do another Hobson Shaw. Yeah. I think that I think that made bank. So Yeah. And um, it, was, it was it was silly fun anyway, which is what the the Furious films are anyway. So I didn't really a lot yeah. of people said that that movie was trash compared to like Fast and Furious, what, seven where these cars are dragging two safes around them and swinging them around like maces. Oh, that's like, the best. That's I, I, the I, best I know set what piece. I know what a, a Dodge Charger is capable of, and it's not that. <laughs> 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 you know, swing. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> but then that's the whole point. It's a video game now at this point. 
It is just a yeah. video game franchise. You don't have to use a controller to control. You're watching. We're watching cutscenes. The movie. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, there's. We're in the twentieth year of this franchise now. Jesus. So it's almost. It's got its own inbuilt legacy, and constantly retconned. You know, uh, timeline. Yeah. Which is quite fun, and they and they, you know, there's loads of like little side characters uh, you know, that they can bring I, I, I can in. I can see stuff. the twists coming because they're making it all about family, and the twist is going to yeah. be that Vin Diesel isn't actually part of that family, and he's going to be <laughs> it's going to be like he was adopted or something into the family. So it's going to be like another set of films called Furious and Fast, <laughs> where, and he'll become where he's finding he'll become the true, villain. Yeah, he's finding his true family, and it's like all bad guys, and he's in charge of them, and they're like actually robbing banks and stuff, and it's going to be time travel, and it's going to turn out that all of the bad people they were racing against were actually him. <laughs> yeah, and he has to go and undo time, all of his films, basically. A time heist might be the way. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're filming uh, ten and eleven back to back at the moment. Oh, that's um, good. Normally, so, I would say that kills a franchise when they do two films back to back, but. I don't think it's going to make much difference in this. I wonder if that's like, cause Mission Impossible doing that as well. Do you think it's just like, it's a tax the, break the, thing. Yeah. The ambition has just got so out of control that it just makes sense for them to just do no, it. No, do it's, a longer it's, they, shoot. they get a tax break, whatever countries they're filming in primarily, if they get a big enough tax break, I mean, it's what killed the matrix sequels, but that was because they got a massive boost from Australia. They said, look, if you film both films here, We'll give you yeah. a massive tax break on it, and you can just get it done. They're like, well, it makes sense. Um, and half the time, the scripts might not be finished. They're still writing it as they're going along, as with Pirates of the Caribbean. Apparently, the third film, as they were filming it, they were still revising the scripts and the story. And that showed... Yeah, well, that's that's how they do Mission Impossible. I think, yeah. I think that's like a logistics thing as well, because like, they might not be able to pull off yeah. some of the stuff they need to that's on the page. But... You know, stranger things have happened literally um, throughout all of film history. But yeah, no, best of luck to him. Um, yeah, yeah, honestly, if you just want some dumb, big dumb fun at the cinema. Oh, incidentally, I actually didn't watch Black Widow at the cinema. I, I hired it on Disney Plus just because the football was going on and I was going away and I just didn't know when I would be able to. And to be honest, it doesn't really cost that much more. So uh, I just thought, fuck it. And yeah. I just watched it at home. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, no, sorry, I forgot, I forgot to mention that. But um, but the main thing is that, that, that Black Widow is here finally, and and so it's Fast Nine, and the blockbusters are back. Like, there's films worth going to the cinema to see now, um, uh, which is a very good thing as things yeah. slowly return to normal. Exactly. Who knows? Maybe next year we'll have a summer movie wager. Fingers crossed. I was going to mention that, but I wasn't sure if it was a sore point. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> Right, okay, uh, what have I got here? Okay, so, yeah, so transitioning into some other films that have been also viewable at home, um, I, I know for, for sure that we have both now seen uh, the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Yes, indeed. God, that was is, ambitious. It was. It, it was originally, in, I think the original intention was, to net, was for Netflix to put these out in cinemas a week apart. Mm-hmm. Um, to sort of demonstrate their muscle and go like, this is how we can do Netflix on the big screen yeah. sort of thing. Um, but obviously with COVID and stuff, that sort of fell through. Um, 
So they've just come out on Netflix uh, normally. I, I'm, um, I've got to say, off the bat, I'm impressed by them. I've been quite, I've been quite impressed by them. Um, yeah. The first one was, I was, I was, I would have been happy if the first one was a one and done. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, like and wrapped up a bit at the end, kind of thing. Um, so with with a, so with, a, with the kind of typical, you know, gap for a, a, fo- a sequel or a follow up or something. Yeah, you didn't need a, a next instalment the next week. No, but, no. But this is, but that's what I think they're trying to. What Netflix original idea was was to sort of give you that sort of immediate gratification or close to, you mm. know, but on a film scale. Obviously, yeah. you're not going to sit there and watch you know, 10 episodes of something, but he's like, this is worth going out for. I like, the, I like the, what they were trying to do. I mean, like I said, we've, as I've said many times, who would have thought we'd ever see a, a movie company trying to do what's done with TV series and comic books? You know, after the MCU, everyone should be looking and going, these are different ways of getting our stories out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the idea of a weekly of getting films out, like instead of having to wait every year for a film, why not? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously it helps that they most of the cast the same. So, but quickly, I just want to say these are based on books by R.L. Stein, who's mostly famous for doing the Go- Goosebumps. Books, oh, okay. Yeah, which I oh, think wow. have also been turned into movies or at least one movie. Yeah. Um, but these Fear Street books were his attempt at sort of like following his audience as they grew a little older and yeah, could take a little I, bit more. I can tell. They do seem a bit like... Yeah. Yeah. A bit brutal. So, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, they definitely up it. They, these are 18 certificate hard R slasher films. The yeah. first one is set in the 90s. Uh, the second one is set in the 70s. Yeah, it's 94, and the, 78, and then uh, 1666. 16, that's it, yeah. So... But what's interesting is is you sort of going each one you kind of go further back in time, but you're kind of learning more yeah. about the origins of the curse of this town um, as as you go. Yeah. Which I, I which I, I thought because it just sounded like an odd proposition, but it really does actually make quite a lot mm. of sense. Yeah. Um, but but he did loads of these books apparently, and there has been rumor that the uh, the guy who directed this or the girl who directed this. Um, the director of this is looking at uh, maybe doing more films set in this universe. Okay. So, that, see, to me, that would be good. I would love to see more of that world and maybe some of the characters turning up and stuff like that because I don't think they, they, there's more to do with this story. This story no. is clearly, like, solved and done. It's like it's the end of that Outer Limits episode. It's, it's tied off and that's it, regardless of the... Um, the outcome, the finale, you know, it's sorted. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to if there's more in that world, that'd be great. You know, it's kind of like having more haunting of sort of stories coming up. That's how I yeah. kind of feel about these. I, I really enjoy them. Um, I, I love the fact that the first one, I think you said it was like Scream and Stranger Things, almost like smashed together. Or I don't know if it was you mm. that said that, but someone else said, <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like that by way of something else as well. Um, it was it was pretty damn cool. And then the second one being almost their version of um, of Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween, yeah, yeah, or Halloween, yeah, like yeah, the, like the summer camp, 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 yeah, the 70s camp, summer camp style. 
and god that was that was brutal <laughs> that axe goes to town <laughs> oh definitely and the fact that there's what what i like because it, 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 it's almost like a cinematic universe of killers yeah at the end you know like with uh all these different um different types of mad psychos yeah. running around and that and um, you didn't even you didn't even get to see all of their kind of stories. You saw the origin of of well one really in a way because mm. it was to do with the summer camp. It's kind of like the way that that kind of came about was pretty cool because that one yeah. was kind of responsible for a lot of the outright damage. But yeah, yeah. yeah, some of the deaths in it though are just like made me wince. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. And I've seen like, the head of a lot of some of horror films, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah." That that that's that's why I think it's definitely worth talking about because it's yeah. I've seen so many grim films, but they really kind of went the extra mile. I think. Yeah. They really wanted to kind of, uh, you know, uh, outdo expectations. Yes, I thought. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, the thing is as well is that for once. Uh, I, I also grew to care about the characters more, which yeah. made those those some some of the accidents even more like yeah distressing, you know. Because you're like, like, oh, oh my god, god no. I, was, I was watching this. Yeah, ah. like oh oh, it's like oh, they'll, they'll, you, you, the moment you think they'll be okay, or normally there's something happens in like a tussle, and like you know they get the upper hand, and it's yeah. not always the case in this. So it's like at any moment any one of them could just go and it's like bloody hell okay it just kind of grabs yeah. you by the face and says take notice yeah they really go they really do go to some effort to uh like get you into the characters more than mm. you normally would in a film like this or a series of films like this yeah it's got that's why i sort of likened it to stranger things i think because it's yeah. kind of got that pet pacing that sort of yeah. set up totally you know introducing everyone who they are and you never really kind of thinking, oh, yeah, they're definitely dead. Maybe in a couple of cases. But I yeah. would say, like, there's no, like, outright annoying characters. You, you know, some of them are a bit cocky or whatever. It was weird because you... the, the first, the main character, when you first see her, I, I wasn't too keen. I was a bit like, oh, okay, but, but I thought, yeah. but it's, it was a perfect character because it was a product of the time the 90s and stuff with like you know listening to garbage and stuff like that and very angst massively yeah. angst filled and you know the start of grunge and all that sort of thing or coming up to grunge maybe as you know grunge was later wasn't it uh grunge was going on about this sort of time yeah they, i mean the, garbage they, they... wasn't really grunge but a lot of people kind of said it was grungy but uh... it wasn't grunge at all it was pop wasn't it but it was like yeah it was a kind of weird band alternative because of butch big it's the butch big connection because he was Mm. the producer of nevermind so they did kind of get a bit lumped in with that scene but um um, no there are there are some absolute like cracking needle drops throughout um well in the first two parts anyway uh one someone had to point out on facebook that uh they had a prodigy track on there that wasn't released at the time but it doesn't I mean, ruin the experience at all, though. No, because it still gave me that. It still put me very much in mind of when I was at school, because that was that was kind of the era that I was yeah. at school near enough. Yeah, um, for yeah, me, I, yeah. I would have been fifteen in ninety four. 
So I find this even more reminiscent than 80s films, really. 90s is my time. Yeah, you know? exactly. Same and we, and we're, 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 we're getting a lot of 90s uh, nostalgia going on right now because we've hit that point where we're all fucking middle-aged now. <laughs> i tell you what, Bones. though, even though I wasn't there, for me, one of my favourite bits was uh, the Kansas wayward sun drop in the uh, second film. <laughs> Where you've got, yeah. you've got him just going around, and you've got that. She just sticks that track on, and it's just like brutal. Oh yeah, I don't know. Cool. I, I just found it really, really cool. It was like watching a different version of a lot of famous and you know genres and stuff, but also tweaked. So it was yeah. different enough. And a lot of the references as well, like like I said, in the 70s one, you've got the Carrie Stephen King reference and stuff, and you've got all this kind of bits. But no Crystal Lake method or anything like that. But obviously, 78, I don't know if... I don't know whether Halloween was set in 78 or 79. It might have been. Maybe that was the joke. Very um, much around that time. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just, I, we're obviously not going into spoilers because it's just out. And it's definitely well worth a watch. And I just love the direction it goes. It starts off with just being sort of crazy slasher. Then you get the supernatural element. And then by the third film, it's kind of gone different. And it's just like, almost like The Witch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. One of those kind of community films where it's a bit like, oh God, what's going to happen here? Because throughout the entire two films, you hear about something mental going on and then you're thrown right back to the start and then you're kind of going oh shit <laughs> where's it? and then I love the way it works I love the direction it takes as well because it it twists and you're you're left feeling quite satisfied at the revelations yeah. and stuff rather than going oh I saw that kind of a mile away because I, I genuinely I didn't until it was coming up to it I I thought that um it would bookend itself but I wasn't ready for it to spend that much time doing like a sort of big resolution yeah if if that makes sense although the last film the last film was kind of strange because it's literally split into two parts isn't it like an hour or so each because it actually it actually says like 1666 part two and then it kicks off you mean 94 part two oh yeah it does doesn't it yeah it yeah, says that, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So it really, it really announces itself, like yeah. as a. This yeah. is how it ends now, yeah. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but it's strange that first part though in sixteen sixty six really felt like a complete entire film. I don't yeah. know how they done it with the timing, but it was perfect to the point where. Well, I think because because a lot of it is all set up in the first two, hmm. you're really like sort of dumped straight into the middle act, and you're kind of just you know you just you've just got to get to the yeah. twist and yeah. then right how do we solve all this yeah back but it was to the weird start, because when that, when it got to that part i went what and then looked down at the timer and went, only an hour's gone by i swore this felt as long as the other two and i thought yeah. how, how is there like an entire other act you know it really reminded me actually of back to the future like the yes. sweep of that trilogy yeah. because yeah. i know it goes i know it just goes back and back to the future 2 goes forwards and then back but it, it when it goes forwards, it's kind of a fucked version yeah. of the future. So, like, it's kind of it's it's mostly heading back. Yeah, but that's that's cool, you know, and that's 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 why I think it's got that's why it works as a trilogy really well. Yeah. Like those three films. 
So no, I, I yeah. really enjoyed them. Really enjoyed them. Yeah, definitely yeah, worth so, a watch. Listeners. Definitely, and that's all on Netflix. If we haven't spoiled it too much, but you should have watched. No, it. I think we've kept away from it. You know, there's loads I wanted to say, but we'll save that for. Yeah, I don't know another time when there's more. <laughs> yeah, maybe when we. If it, I, I don't know, I, I, right now I'd say it's in my films of the year. We'll see how well it fares. Hmm. Cool. All right, then. Um, Also on Netflix, another blast of nostalgia. We've got a new Masters of the Universe series by, this time by... uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. The, uh, yeah, the maestro behind, like, Clerks and Chase Namey and Jane Silent Bob and all that. Yeah. Um, So this is just the first five episodes that they've released of ten, I believe in this first run anyway. Yeah. Don't know, you know. Um, and it's kind of weird. I mean, he's kind of a good guy to handle it, really, because he's got very good geek credentials. Yes. And he was he's old enough to get it. Um, but it's it's kind of a bit weird, isn't it, really? Because... It definitely shows it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, proper, it's that proper anime style of animation similar to Castlevania, isn't it? It's... I loved it. I gotta say, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of divisive opinions about it, and I, I for one, don't actually care about what people have to say about it. I thought if you're going to bring back Master Universe, you can't just do the same old shit, you know. No. This week, this happens. This episode, this happens, and then there's a a small sub-growing plot in the background. This is like Castlevania, as in there's a beginning, it goes on, something happens, and then they're just dealing with it. Um. But yeah, I was happy where because I, I didn't know anything about it. Did not watch the trailer. Didn't see anything. So I went in. No, comple- I, hadn't, I went in I completely hadn't. blind. And I gotta say, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I I think I was saying to you, I enjoyed the fact that the thing, the event, did happen at the start, and that really surprised me. That was almost a kind of, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit Lord of the Rings. But instead of them carrying on, it's like, what if they all lost their way? You know, without spoiling anything, you know, I'm just throwing a random reference, but I'm sure you know Oh, what look, I mean. I mean, it's out there, man. Like, yeah. He-Man's barely in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but but that's, that's not... But then he's so overpowered, it's, it's, it's the only way any kind of story can develop. <laughs> but it's not only He-Man's barely in it, Skeletal's barely in it as well. Yeah. But he's also but they, so they, overpowered that it was... But they do they do pop up like in flashbacks mm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and and they uh, the first episode is pretty standard, but it's but it's the following four that people are up in arms about. Everyone is going mental about this. Well, I don't know. I think to be honest, it kind of for me it felt quite good because I always thought that Teela was an underrated character and the relationship between her and Man at Arms. And I like one of the things that's said is that Man of Arm Man at Arms was the most dangerous person on Eternia. Mm. Which was true because he made all the weapons, he he did all the defence for the castle. He's the reason why a lot of things don't and he does he's the one that rides in a lot of the I time. I just don't on remember any of it, mate. I remember no, I, I, am I the barely power, do and that's but it. I barely do, but it's like He Man charges in. He's he's basically, you know, He Man is basically, um, oh, what's his name? Guy that charges into the fucking battle while they're planning. He Man is Leroy Jenkins. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> basically, that is He Man. He's Leroy Jenkins. He just runs straight down the middle, and if he hits the right thing, it's defeated. Um, 
or if they're in trouble and he turns up and Leroy Jenkins, you know, that was pretty much it. And you can't have that as a story now because it would be so unsatisfying. It'd just be ridiculous. It'd be like watching Star Trek and then they're all in trouble and suddenly the Enterprise turns up and throwing torpedoes. It's like Power Rangers, actually. That's exactly what it was. He Man was, was like Power Rangers. They couldn't yeah, defeat yeah. the thing, get in the big robot, hit it with a sword, it blows up the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which I guess worked fine when we were children, but exactly. like, I guess we require but this, slightly more this is, now. This is on a this is on an adult this is on an adult network, um, on an adult platform, with a story called Revelations. You know, it's it's more than that, and I I love the fact that it. We're going to do slight spoilers. Don't know. Can can do. Couldn't do. Yeah, fuck it. If the internet's blown up about it, people are going to see it anyway. I like the fact that at the start of it, Skeletor had basically had enough. He was like, I'm done with this shit. The usual stuff I did, I'm going straight to Grayskull whilst they're having a party and I'm going to rip it down. I'm going to try and find the fucking thing I should have been looking for my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> and that yeah. is at point zero. He starts from there. and And then you have the bit where he actually gets stabbed. And I was at that point, I was like, oh, shit, okay. Um, because, you know, we always see the peril where, oh, the sorceress has been weakened and it's like magic and she's holding them back and everything. And, you know, that's that's typical stuff. But people actually getting stabbed in a, in a you know, it's like people getting maimed and stuff in cartoons. You don't see that. No, not that, really. And the fact that it goes, you use that. And then the whole bit where it happens and the sword splitting and stuff like that. That was a nice nod, because I remember back when these were toys and stuff, you had the Power Sword, which He-Man had, and if you bought Skeletor, he had a purple version, and I don't think it was... I think it only pops oh, up yeah. in, in one or two of the shows, so the idea of them being twin swords, I like the fact that they kind of did it in a weird way, where they didn't just split the same sword into two. It was almost like almost like Soul Edge and Soul Calibur again as well. These two yeah, yeah. halves, like one's light, one's dark, and they form the, the conduit. I quite liked that. I thought that was a nice nod without doing that again. And then we get the whole part with um Teela's heritage as well um in the cave of fear where she goes you should be my worst nightmare and you see I mean, I'm thinking to myself I'm sure they revealed a lot of her stuff in the original show as well like who her mm. who her lineage comes from and stuff like that well isn't she the daughter of man at arms she's the adopted daughter she's oh. the daughter of the sorceress Oh yeah, nah, that rings a bell. Because that was that was why I liked her little journey because it was like she'd finally had enough of all of the bullshit, gone off, and done her own thing, and then that's what and that's that was the kick up the arse she needed to go. Look, I don't give a fuck about what you're talking about with my fear and all that. It wasn't her doing a you know GI Jane sticking it to whatever patriarchy or anything like that. It was literally her saying, I. I didn't accept the role because I I was scared of it because I've already got this power because I think they were hinting that she was going to be the champion. Right. And she was like, you know, you were afraid of it. That was your fear and stuff like that. Um, and that was why she was just like, yeah, Adams is a twat and all that and He-Man and whatever. Um, so I, I and you see hints of it when her eyes glow blue and she's got the mark on her forehead and it's just like oh they can actually do it and at one point he actually says I've got something to tell you and then um, 
Evelyn goes, we don't have time for more family feuds. <laughs> and they just cut it off. I'm like, oh, they always said it. But I've got to say, I love the voice cast. The voice acting was really spot on. Yeah, I was about it to was, mention that. It was phenomenal. Really good. It put you in there, just like Castlevania, and you're in that world. There's none of this sort of, oh, that guy sounds a bit weird or anything like that. It was just, these are the people. These are their voices. I know for me, as I jokingly said on there, having Lena Headey voice Evelyn was a bit weird. Oh, <laughs> yeah, said, she's excellent. I love I it said, when they I go... It was like, I said it was like my childhood and adult crushes sort of merging together. <laughs> sort of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, there's a good line in there where it's like, you weren't christened evil. He goes, no, I added that bit later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've also, also from Game of Thrones, you've got Liam Cunningham as yes. Man at Arms, who's just brilliant. So Davos, um, yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar's playing Teela, which, you know, yeah. she hasn't been doing a lot lately. I know. It's nice Amazing, to see yeah. her about. Obviously, Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Can't beat that. Mm. Um, Henry Rollins is Triclops. Yeah. I really like Stephen Root as Cringer. Uh, yes. He's an excellent actor and he plays good. both parts well. Um, yeah, no, there's a, there's a there's a oh Kevin Conroy's Merman. He shows up. He's getting mm. all. He's he's even Jason Mewes obviously plays Stinkor. He only gets yeah. a couple of lines, but of course he's going to be Stinkor, isn't he? The weirdest name in one. It's yeah, almost yeah. it's almost like Blunt Man or something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, he's got but, his daughter in there as well, and Alicia yeah, oh, Silverstone, she? Queen Marlena. Yeah. Don't even remember that some of these. That it's pretty extensive. He's definitely yeah. called up all his mates. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, like you know, it's same case with um, uh, Invincible. They're all they're all they're all out of work. You know, they've all yeah. <laughs> they've all probably like appreciated the you know the kickback really just to yeah. be able to keep and themselves and, and, busy and, while they and can't doing act. something vocally is a nice exercise as well. You get to you get to throw your range around still without worrying what you look like on film. So I'm yeah. guessing, that's why I wonder why a lot of actors don't do that still as well. And cause mm. I think it must be quite cool to be able to do that. It's almost like you get to go a bit theatre with it. Yeah. You know, if they put the work in. Because it's not about how you look on screen. It's about what you're bringing to the character, or, you know, the gravitas and all that sort of stuff. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, It's a yeah, different yeah. art form in itself. Um, Definitely. But yeah. Man. Cool. So when are right, we getting then, more of it? Um, is it later on I'm in the year or something? Sure, I'm not sure when the rest of it arrives. I think I did look on the... The, the Netflix listing's a bit messed mm. up. It's saying that... Yeah, there's no date. I think yeah. it's just later this year. Well, it's, it's, like, um, it's like I mentioned to you, it reminds me of the 2011 Thundercats reboot, which you said you didn't catch, and that's no. well worth a watch. They basically took the 80s one, made it a bit more serious like this. Um, and just kind of told a similar story with them whole crashing and everything and, you know, coming from uh, Fundera, I think, the planet. So it's basically the oh, same yeah. thing again, but a lot more serious. And I think they put, like, one episode in there where they're helping these random people as a kind of tribute to the kind of old-school stories. But the rest of it is generally, like, them all dealing with various bits and pieces and, you know, Lino having to deal with the burden, I think, and stuff like that. And it's it's quite... It was pretty good, from what I remember. Um, yeah. I quite like, I quite like these redos, because, I mean, re-watching the old stuff we actually used to watch is a bit... Yeah, looks it a dates bit shit, badly. Doesn't it? Massively badly. Yeah, it's a bit badly. dated. Yeah. But this... Um, yeah, this one looks all right. 
Well, I don't know what it's on. Do you know what it's on? Uh, I have no idea. I I watched it a long time ago before these streaming services were even a thing. So um, let's just yeah. say a little parrot and a little man. Uh, yeah, street we'll corner. To... Oh well, uh, we'll we'll, um, we'll look but into that. But hopefully, it'll be maybe. somewhere. It'll be somewhere. I'll have a look yeah. and find it. I mean, I've committed to Clone Wars for now, so that's pretty much my go-to. <laughs> animated show yeah I've, I've, next I've been year. having those on in the background there's a hell of a lot of them I don't even remember yeah. where I'm up to now but I'm, I've just started season two. Oh, really I've, I've done the first because they the way they organise them episodes in Clone Wars is it's kind of like there's like a free episode arc that's I'm, one story I'm quite a few um, I and think I've I'm a couple of seasons one. in there I've just done the first one which was where um they're trying to uh, steal this holocron. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a yeah. But, yeah. Anyways, so that's Master of the Universe Revelation. I just want to sneak in one yeah, quick thing before we talk about Loki. I think you've got some more as well. Yeah. Actually, why don't you go? Because your stuff, yeah, I think, is animated, isn't it? Um, I caught a, um, a random anime series that I kind of put on, a Netflix original anime series. But unlike Netflix's dodgy anime ones anyway this is actually from a japanese studio and it's godzilla singular point which is basically Ooh. a weird retelling of the godzilla mythos um a couple of years back in uh, they, uh, toho released a film called shin godzilla which was basically another way in which godzilla came from this weird organism and kept mutating and dying on land and oh. it was like it kept evolving it was freaky like it was this bug-eyed tadpole thing smashing through buildings and all that and kept evolving um, to the point where it became this weird fucked up version of Godzilla by the end of it. Pretty cool. But this is yeah. kind of a similar way. It's God it's Godzilla, but in a different world. Basically, there's this weird red mist and stuff and uh, almost like a pterodon comes from it. And these people mm. are just doing all this sort of, you know, typical Japanese thing. I think it's set slightly in the future because this grandpa's building like a, a power loader style robot and showing it off at a kind of fate thing and this um pterodactyl flies over and then crashes into the building and starts attacking people and then like what Shit. the fuck and it, it it looks like and they started and then more of them appear and they started calling them rodan so it's oh, okay. kind of and, they, and they keep evolving and dying and coming back and living longer and stuff and then something else appears and it's like so it's basically all of the old toho creatures but they kind of appear in different forms from this kind of weird um i don't know if it was a dimensional mist or some craziness but in true anime bullshit they always go on about spatial this and that and everything else and it's a lot of weird pseudoscience that they love cramming in but I loved it. It was interesting. It was nice to see an actual animated series and not the weird 3D thing that they, they put out. Those weird 3D sort of animated ones they did lately. Um, mm. This is quite nice. Um, it's like the robot they had was called Jet Jaguar, which was kind of like an Ultraman clone, which popped up in the Godzilla series. So having it named and seeing it evolve into its AI kind of evolves, and there's kind of like a weird time loop involved in it as well, trying to solve a, a mystery of all these numbers counting down to what. And actually have a seeing, time loop. Yeah, and actually seeing Godzilla evolving as well from this creature, and they called it Godzilla, and it looked more like a kind of frog lizard. And I was like, 
Is that what you're going to go with? Is it going to turn into the 1994 Godzilla that we kind of tried to forget about? <laughs> and then and then it, and then it turned into this weird good approximation, and it was like, and then the bit where it does like its beam for the first time really freaked me out. It's almost like it doesn't quite know what it's doing. It does like a ring first, like a blast ring, and then it oh. starts building this fucking thing up and it looks like a fucking space laser like i had to re- i had to rewind it back with the headphones on going jesus christ <laughs> like this thing's wow. like you can see it powering up in its face and then these rings like appear out in front and then this thing just rips through them and starts blasting through buildings and it's just like it can't control it and it's just like spinning round and everything so it's literally Shit. like godzilla is a primal creature that isn't hero or villain it's just a thing and they're trying to kill it or stop it or whatever and it's quite interesting it's quite nice and i think there were like 10 episodes of that and i think there might be a second season because it's got an opening credits and ending credits and you know the opening credits show more than they do in the actual thing so i imagine there's going to be more to come plus with the rodan keep evolving there's going to be a point where there's going to be just one and it's going to be the big flamey Rodan fire bird that we know. So it's kind so of is this, like... is this dubbed or with subtitles? This is this is either. It's dubbed, subtitles, the original Japanese. You can watch it dubbed. I think I watched it dubbed because the dubbing was actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, it was, no. it was pretty cool. And it's this weird little AI thing as well that goes onto a laptop and then turns and then just turns into a dog and starts doing all this kind of weird comic relief type thing which the japanese do but it's kind of reminded me of like the microsoft paperclip but i was thinking why don't we have this version instead of that bastard thing that we had to put up with (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i don't know it was it was it was good fun um it was nice to see something like that and yeah I, i enjoyed it cool there's something else as well you yeah there was um it's uh, one of because Netflix had a couple of live action adaptations from various um, anime series, famous anime series, and this one is Roni Kenshin. And there's a set of I saw these films quite a while back. I think when me and Suze were first going out, so it might have been like 2012, something like that. The first mm. one, 2013, maybe. Um, Maybe even before, I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, there's there were three films, and there's a fourth one now. Um, so I went back, and I have started watching it from the beginning. So I've watched the first one, and it's kind of like the Wirefu Asian cinema sort of thing. You've got this wandering guy, and he, he just plays the fool, and he's got a reverse sword. So it's like the blades on the inside edge of the curve. So whenever he's hitting people, he, he, he just stuns them rather than killing them. But the whole point of the character is that when he was younger, he was this assassin that was known. He was literally the battle side, the the man killer, the the undefeated one. And his style is basically this unknown style, as anime as that sounds and as samurai as that sounds. And he basically was just the top murderous bastard of the world, basically, or something. And whenever he switches back, like if someone, there's a point where he gets pushed, his mannerisms change and everything. And it only works really in the Japanese um, because he he speaks in a very honorific tone. So he refers to everyone by like, you know, you've got, in in, in Karate Kid, you've got Miyagi calling Daniel, Daniel Daniel-san and stuff like that. In Japan, you've got a, a term even more above that 
which is basically kind of like Old English, where you refer to someone as Dono instead of Sam. So he uses that a lot. But when he switches and he, he's really pissed off and just wants to murder you, he flips his sword round and his speech changes, very coarse, almost Yakuza-like. And his mannerisms change completely. And it's just like, it works really well in that sort of thing, but it's like, yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's kind of nice to see... It's one of the better adaptations because it works in its own right without having to see the source material. But you get a lot of really weird Japanese characters and stuff and it's all set in the kind of um, the end of the Shogun era. I think it's the Meiji era. When it's like you've got got the police and samurai basically outlawed. So he gets a lot of stick for carrying a sword but he's like, no, it's a reverse sword. And they're like, hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. Cool. There are a couple of films on there, so I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes and how it ends. But yeah, so yeah, that's it. Yeah, part one and two. I can uh, see there's on part IMDb. one. There's actually, there's one to four now on Netflix. Um, oh. oh, they're probably not. Uh, they're probably just like, you know, subtitle rock. Yeah, or, I don't like mean subtitle, but like not, and stuff. not yeah. three, four, whatever. Yeah, but, I think the third one cool. was like the yeah, legend no, ends. It does, yeah, I can see some more. Cool. All right, mate. Yeah. That sounds wicked. Um, I just wanted to very quickly mention this show called This Way Up, which stars Ashlyn B. And she's Irish. And it's also got um, her off of... Um, I'm a real fan of Sharon Horgan. Um, and she was one of the writers behind Motherland and was also in Catastrophe. She just plays her sister, um Anya, the main character, played by Ashton B, is um, a little bit mental, to be honest. And um, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. She's just got some issues and stuff. Um, and she's an English teacher. And it's a bit naughty. And they're only like 20 minutes long. And it's just really nice to watch. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's funny. It's all, all on Channel 4. You can probably watch the whole thing in a night. But... Um, Yes, yeah, just 12, 12 episodes, season one and two. So that, that's nice. it. Uh, Tobias Menzies, who you might know off The Crown, played Philip in the last couple of seasons. He, he He's in there as a bit of a love interest. Yeah, that's pretty much the only other thing I've watched apart from Loki, which uh, finally wrapped up its six-episode run on Disney+. Plus. Yep. I think it was last week or the week before. But this is... It's the first time we've had a chance to record anything about it, so I just wondered what, what you thought of it overall. I'm in two minds, if I have to be brutally honest. Um, yeah. I kind of wish that the pace of episode... I think it's four. Where they go to the moon. No, the planet with the moon. That's that's like blowing the sci-fi, up. sci-fi, the more sci-fi one, yeah. Um, because of the way that that goes so after actually after the I kind of feel like the third episode should have been the second episode um, and then kind of a bit more from there wasn't the fourth one where not much happened or was that five <sighs> see that's the problem it, it, I think it was five maybe because it, it it started off and it kicks off and then I think the fifth one not it's kind of hard to tell because there are only six episodes but I remember the yeah. first one being a bit weird and the second one more talking and then maybe he goes in the library and starts looking through books and stuff um 
for a bit longer than he should have. Mm, yeah, uh, there's one. There's a couple. It is a bit. It is a bit oddly paced. The pacing for a is weird. Show. It should have been. It, it's paced for like a ten episode show. Yeah, because and, by the time the it gets final, going, you're like, oh. Yeah, and the finale was pretty much like, here's this dude who's a variant of someone else who we'll who has, be seeing more of later. Who has other variants who are all mega evil. Yeah, and we're going to go nice into spoilers one. now. This is full spoilers for Loki, so tune out now if you're not yeah, interested. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, yeah, he who remains. Also, <laughs> Kang the Conqueror. But we don't know that because he never addresses himself, does he? <laughs> no, but I've heard rumour that yeah, that's who I've, he is supposed I've heard to that be. As well. But I don't know who that is, though. That's the problem. I, I'm out of the MC, the Marvel sort of world at the moment, so I can't actually remember who Kang is the Conqueror is. Is he a more recent addition? Isn't he supposed to be? Um, yeah, he's Nathaniel Richards, who is the father of Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four. Is he? That's yes. That's, that's who can something about it. Okay. Well, in that case, then it's that might be why fans are getting a bit more excited then. As first appearance as Rama Tut, Fantastic Four, nineteen nineteen sixty three. If if he is, then they're kind of acknowledging the fact that the Richards. I don't know if he never acknowledges his his, all his proper name though. They could just they might there might not be any reference to the Fantastic Four because it is off the back of the MCU, so they could just scrub that bit out. Mm. You know. Um. Ah. Oh. Yep. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. I see. I see. He's got. A, he's got a. He's got a Galactus thing going on there. Yeah, I think someone's photoshopped that up. Ah. Yeah, it's a bit of a... But yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, I'm... The way I... I I don't know much about any of that. So for me, it was... I thought maybe this was a way of taking a toffee hammer to it and smashing it so all the fragments make sense. Because all the rumours about the next Spider-Man film... um, You've got the Doctor Strange film, which we've known for a while, is called Multiverse of Madness... Yeah, um, I think that was revealed on the timeline ticker, wasn't it? When yeah. they went through all the phases, so you kind of think, "What well, they're doing a multiverse thing?" Obviously, um, and also oh. with Spider-Man as well, you've got Enter the Spider-Verse, but also you've got other things like Secret Wars. You've got all sorts of stuff going on. You've got, yeah, I don't know. It, it opens the, the possibilities for a lot, and for a lot to come through as well yeah I sometimes can't help but think like all these all these shows have been so obsessed with kind of setting stuff up for future movies I don't know I don't know if it's always about movies I think in this case this is going to be almost like a almost like a, a comic reboot where they take the universes split them and then smash them together into another prime universe um, so, like yeah, I said, maybe. this could be this could be the proper birth of mutants and everything else because they exist on parallel um, variants, parallel timelines, and all that. Because that's what this has been talking about the entire time. So, yeah. it's the idea, and, and it all going crazy, and all the timelines spinning off and everything. And now it looks like a lot's fused together, and they're they're in a different timeline. So, it could be a different timeline, could be the same timeline, could be whatever. We don't know. Um, and I think yeah. the people making the films have got the memo, and we don't know about it. So this might be how we get characters like Blade and everything else popping up now. 
Yeah, I mean, whereas you kind of go, think, where were they before? That's it. You've got to think like we're talking about another sort of ten-year-long plan. Yeah. If it's anything like the last one was, um, and we we we're really only at the beginning here of 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 what's possible. But anyway, yeah. So Loki itself, though, before we just start spinning off into like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Endless speculation. Yeah, I, I I did enjoy it. I feel I thought he was great. I liked her as as um, Sylvie. Sylvie, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I thought, you know, I, I thought I Owen Wilson was up. good. I thought Owen Wilson's character was really good. Yeah, he was really really surprisingly good. As I said uh, last time, I think you know he was nowhere near as annoying as I thought he might be. I, lo- I, I, I generally liked how crazy it was. I liked that um, Richard E. Grant showed up as kind of like classic Loki. Yeah, yeah literally it says in IMDb, classic Loki. Yeah. Um, with his el- alligator Loki. Yeah, and the kid Loki and the guy who... It's funny though, because the kid, the kid one who says he caused a variant by killing four, and you realise he's lying... Because there's a scene where they go down to his lair and the camera pans through the earth and you see mm. four in this sort of jar in the ground yeah, trying to break I think his I way out. That. Yeah, trying to break his way out. And it's like, well, he didn't kill him. He just shrunk him, stuck him in a jar and put him in the earth. <laughs> 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 so yeah. it's like, so as much as Loki's trying to be evil, he's always a bit good. And I think that was that was one of the things about it. It's like he's not just outright evil. He is he is balanced as everyone else. He just prefers being a trickster god to kind of just play about and pretend he's you know. Yeah, well, that's he thinks that's his role, isn't it? You know, yeah. because he hasn't got the because uh, he's like the black sheep and yeah. he hasn't got the hammer. He, he's the Prince uh, Harry. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Kind of, yeah, he's just gonna fuck shit up. To, yeah get the attention he's got no prospects whatever he's not even full blood he's adopted he's like the the son of an ice giant he's you know he's not even full Asgardian so he's like well you know they kind of saw me as a half villain when I was younger then I might as well carry on playing the role they don't expect anything less of me yeah and he he always says he's got great um, he's burdened by great ambition or something like that but you kind of think, but he isn't. What, was, what is his plan? He doesn't really have one. No. He just says that to himself and it kind of all-encompassing justifies him just fucking around, murder, stealing, killing, plotting, <laughs> this, that. And he just says, I'm burdened by great, you know, by great purpose or something. And it's like, well, what is that great purpose? Because even if he, if he got to rule the universe, he would be bored. You know he would be bored because you saw him on Asgard. <laughs> All he was yeah, doing yeah, was putting oh, yeah, on planes. He was just like, you know, oh, well. <laughs> he needs the challenge, doesn't he? Yeah. Otherwise he has no purpose. But I, I, I thought the series had some really awesome bits, like the revelation that all the people in the time, the T, the TLA, TDA, um, are all remnants that have been plucked, and the fact that pruning doesn't mean actually killing you; it's sending you somewhere. Um, and you know yeah, that was kind of right. cool. And and it's the and that guard as well. She's going to come back into her own. I don't know who she was. The um, the main guard that keeps popping up. And she goes back to Sylvie oh, yeah. and she helps them out. 
So if there's lots in place, I'm wondering where she's going to go with the new timeline and stuff like that, or whether she's off world or. So, you know, yeah, because of course we have got season two coming, haven't we? At some yeah, point, yeah. I'm hoping there's more episodes than six. If there's four or something, I'm going to wait for them all to stack up and watch them because I I, I struggled after each week when the, when the credits were almost as long as the show. It was a bit like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I might stack them up next time. I am finding starting to find it a bit annoying. I, I, I like, the, I mean, Ted Lasso season one, season two's just started, and I'm stacking that up. Yeah. So I'm just watching a lot of like odds and bits and bobs. Mm. But, um, but there, there were some fantastic. There, there was, I mean, I, I, I got the feeling initially that it might have been a lower budget show based yeah. more on the acting from the first couple of episodes. You know, you got some cool special effects in the doorways and, you know, the whole timeline being pruned and stuff. But you think that's just your standard disintegration effect and stuff like that and quantum leap doorways, but in gold. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think I think they were able to do a finale like this one because they were doing a second series. I would yeah. have been a bit fucked off if it had just ended and that was it yeah. and we didn't get that little tease at the end yeah although I think they had they had said that they would be doing another one of this one I think this was the one that always before it came out they said that you know there's potential for more yeah but I, so. I did like that episode where they were stranded on that planet the catastrophe one with the moon slowly crashing into it I thought that was a pretty cool episode because you got mm. to see them you got to see them. What a two-part episode it was, wasn't it? Because it well, ended with the a, spaceship. I think that was up. they. They got their episode three, and then they did that awesome like one shot where they were running around. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. To get, yeah, to get to the yeah. ship. Because most of the episode up till then had been a bit talky. Yeah, but then it kind of ended on, on a train real high. as well. The bit on the train where he just suddenly yeah. gets drunk, and I was a bit like, okay, they've 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 dialed it back again now, and they're going to be on this train for like five hours, and then they got thrown off, and I was like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're quite punchy episodes, though, aren't they? They're like they're like kind of forty minutes. Yeah, I think yeah. they were like maybe a bit longer with the massive long credits on the end. Yeah, but, yeah, but no, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't see I'll, more, but it was just a bit. I just thought, yeah, the pacing was a bit weird. Um, it, what, it was just all a bit weird. Really. I could have, I could have, I could have left it and just watched them all. And then gone, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have the same kind of episodic hook no. that, uh, like, WandaVision had. No. That Wanda, I thought, well, I think, I think overall maybe WandaVision might be the better show, you know, because that had like a... Yeah, uh, bar, bar the first like two episodes. It had like a built-in hook to it. The huh? first two episodes, I think a lot of people didn't get that that was the gimmick they were in this TV show but when things started to change like the person showing up and then the thing where the person says something to them like you know um, Dimitri he died by Ultron and she's like excuse me what and it all changes and things yeah. like where they're talking and you hear the sound of the of the um, the TV bars the black bars at the top and bottom actually moving you hear this sort of like scrolling rock sound as they're actually being pulled apart or forced together and stuff like that little things like that i think there were more there were more easter egg and you know visual trickery bits 
in there to keep you going um and it worked out as a nice way of her becoming Scarlet Witch whereas yeah. you know Falcon and Winter Soldier had to be a more action movie it had to be more of a buddy movie because of the way that they were towards each other and I'm glad they kept it the way it was almost like Marvel's lethal weapon <laughs> I just don't think they're that compelling characters either no them, really. but that's what I mean but that's why they had to make it like like I said like Marvel's version of lethal weapon where they had they, the, the the thing comes from you know because Sam he, he the whole point of it was showing that yeah he's this guy and you know he was just the on the left guy and he's okay as an extra but when he's in the main person and even his own family turn and say look you just don't see what's going on you're too busy with your head in the clouds just going off doing this and that being a hero doesn't pay everyone else is suffering and you're just flying around and he's like no I can fix it and then he can't fix it and I thought that was great because that's what the character needed the character needed to see reality you know when he's not running around with Tony Stark and everyone else and it's like you know you're almost like on god level but when you're grounded and down to the ground and actually going after criminals with no backup and everything and having to deal with family stuff. And that's why I said it's, it reminded me of like Lethal Weapon because you've got that kind of weird dynamic between them two and Winter Soldier's got nothing to almost live for. He is Rig. He is Riggs. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think it could have been Lethal Weapon, but I don't... I, it's no, not even in the same league, in, in my opinion. It I just meant I just, that kind I just, of thing. But yeah, I just meant in the I way that the it, characters are. Like one is broken and doesn't really have anything, and he's a bit of a bit of a loose cannon. I mean, in in the general outline, not in the yeah, not yeah, in the depth yeah. No, and I, legacy. I get the similarity that you yeah. draw there. That's totally valid. Um, that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. That's it. I, I mean, yeah. I think I think out of all the characters that they've done a show for, Loki is by far the more compelling. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we've got a way to go with it, and I and I I just wonder like how well future series will sync up with the rest of it all. Um, I, mean, I, I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I think. I don't want it yeah. to go like Marvel's Agents of Shield. Where it starts off no. at the start and you get cameos from them and it's part of the timeline. Because basically that show started off, cheesy as it was, you had Lady Sif in there, so it was part of the Marvel Universe. And then you had um, then you had a Winter Soldier film happen. And yeah. she basically was destroyed. And then after that point, they just basically had to do a whole weird Hydra thing. And then that show yeah. branched off and they only mentioned New York. It's almost like another timeline. I wonder if that up. twist at the end of uh, Loki is it, is just there to enable it to be its own thing. Maybe. Um, um, you know, the fact that they're, they're, it's all about the whole timeline and stuff, they, they can just go wherever they want yeah. with it, really. Because that's, that's the thing in the comics. License. Yeah, that's the yeah, thing in can... the comics, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. And you have you know, the whole thing in, um, in Spider-Man home, uh, Far From Home. Um, where you've got uh, was it Quentin Blake, whatever his name is, um, Myster- uh, what's his name, Mysterio. Yeah. Where he, he basically says that he's from a different Earth. And he says, oh, I can't remember if they said he's from 616, or he says that the one they're on is 616. And that's an actual Marvel designation for the standard yeah. prime Earth. <laughs> they oh, even right. in, in the Marvel comic universe, they even have a designation for the Earth that we're on. As in you and me, 
<laughs> with no yeah, superheroes yeah. or anything like that. Um, no, that so makes sense. I'm just thinking whether it's like that sort of thing where. Because we all know that that was, a, that was another origin movie, wasn't it? For the real Mysterio. Well, yeah, but that was a bit of a fake out, really, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, the guy who took the actual technology and stuff, the guy who actually built it all, he was the oh. big poster boy, and it was the guy who went off, the guy he kept threatening, what, the, the ner- really nerdy guy. He's the real Mysterio. Employee. Yeah, he's the real Mysterio. Oh right, fucking hell! I know. I didn't. Uh, I didn't read that far into it, really. I only realised that after my second viewing or so. Oh well. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right then, mate. Uh, before I swallow my own tongue, I'm before gonna, my head uh, explodes. <laughs> yeah, or my head explodes. I think we'll call it there. Just a short one this week. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Not Watching Podcast, part of the Not Listening Podcast Network, where you can also find the Not Playing Podcast, where we talk about video games, and the Not Listening Podcast, where you can hear Adam and Co. talk about all kinds of nonsensical nonsense. You can email us at notwatchingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet out or follow us on Twitter at notwatchingpod. You can find the show notes for all our shows at notlistening.co.uk, and if you like what you've heard here, please do leave us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, stay safe out there. So what films have we got coming up? I don't really know. Because um, we're cinema up? being back, haven't we? Um, right, so... Uh, Suicide Squad is out this weekend, mm. I think. Be worth watching that. I'm waiting for reviews, but I have to say, I I do trust in James Gunn, and I've, and I was re- I've really enjoyed the trailers that I've seen. Yeah. I, I, I think a DC version of Guardians can't really go wrong. Um, is no. what was missing from the first Suicide Suicide Squad film, and hopefully yeah. the Suicide Squad can correct it and fix a lot of it. Um, yeah, then we've got uh, Candyman, the remake of Candyman, that's out oh, wow. um, at the end of August. Um, Shang Chi is out the week after that. That's oh, the next that was what MCU I to catch. film. Yeah, I want to see yeah. where that's going. That might be one of the big ones because that could potentially bring back more Iron Man related stuff or not mm-hmm. um, you know that sort of world because it's kind of like it's only living on in the Spider-Man stuff really isn't it yeah pretty much um, a couple of weeks after that is June which looks spectacular just saw the recent trailer for that it does look Can't cool wait. It looks like epic Lord of the Rings level end game level shit um, a couple of weeks after that you got Bond, no time to die. Finally, after a couple of years worth of delays, a um, couple of weeks after that, you got Halloween Kills uh, and the yeah. Last Jewel, which is the new Damon Affleck written knights thing. You know, yeah. Dark Ages. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I think it's written by. I think it's directed by Ridley Scott, isn't it? Is that the is that the same one? So it's kind of almost like another Kingdom of Heaven, I might be getting pot- confused. potentially. 
Hang on. I think that was a Ridley Scott that. film, or was that a James Scott? I can't remember. But um, yeah, because that was good. That might. I think that is Ridley Scott. Actually, the last jewel. Am I going mad? Uh, yeah, Ridley Scott, written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Wow, well, and it's got Adam Driver in it as well. That looks cool. Um, and then Halloween Kills. That's the sequel to like the last one. Yeah, the reboot. I'm looking forward to that because that's that's going to bookend it as a an alternative. Yeah. Funny enough, in the same vein of most of what we've been talking about, an alternative yeah. timeline trilogy. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I did enjoy into... the last one. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I'm up for that. Uh, and then the uh, I think I think by the time we get to then we'll pro- that's I don't know. I, uh, might do an episode before then, just see how it goes. Hmm. I mean, I, I definitely have one put in for like when after Bond. Yeah. Um, and then so then then we've got first November is the Eternals. Mm, I forgot about that entirely. Yeah, so we've got another little mini summer almost because then the week after that you've got the new Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah. And then up, the week after that, that you've got the new Top Gun. <laughs> it's coming then, back, isn't it? They're all they're all coming back. Aren't yeah. Well, they've all they've all got a bit stuck together, so they're trying to be quite strategic. But the summer is looking pretty sparse, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think because they're just a little bit wary. They've all they've all basically shunted them a bit further up into the year. Yeah. While the world gets its fucking life sorted. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a fucking megaton at Christmas right now. If this is true. So on the, on the 6th of December, you've got West Side Story. That's the uh, Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg remake of that. Well. Probably not core what we talk mm. about. But I've got it written down here anyway. Um, and then yeah. on, and then the week after that, you've got the new Spider-Man. Good grief. And then the week after that, apparently on the same day, and this is no way happening. Well, I know if one of them's moving, it's probably the King's Man. Oh, Because wow. also that date is the fourth Matrix film. Oh, God. <laughs> Should we just live in the cinema that day? Christmas, yeah, pretty just much. Just go to the cinema. It's pretty just crazy, bring, isn't it? Bring your turkey and just sit down and just watch films all day. Yeah, and then and then we can all have a break for a couple of months after that. I tell you what, though, if they still got the kind of prime um, payment ideas, it might not be a bad idea to catch some of those at home as well. Like well, ones, ones where I'm kind of a bit like ones I definitely would like to see in the cinema, but I'm sure now that they've they've tested the waters with this alternative delivery system. Um, I can't imagine them not also doing a home version um, soon because people might still be umming and ahhing in it as well. It's money, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I think the Disney stuff, they haven't announced it yet for any of their stuff, but I'll I'll happily continue watching that at home. Yeah, because you've got um, 4K and it, screen and everything and... Yeah, you know, it looks fucking you've got amazing. a cinema with sounds, no knobheads talking. <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing, honestly. Um, but I, you know, I mean, June, I wouldn't mind going IMAX for. That's probably the one I'm most looking forward to this year, um, and maybe the Matrix, depending on what the trailers look like and what the yeah. buzz is like. But yeah, no, there's some there's some fucking big movies. The cinema is back to reiterate it at the end of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, really back. Um, 
So, yeah, cool. I, I may go and see Suicide Squad in the next week or so. I'll just see how it goes. And maybe we will do another episode before the end of the summer. Cool. Um, if there's enough to fucking bang on about by then. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that, I think we should end it. Cool. Yep. yep. 100%. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 